So, are you DTFF? Once again, here is Drinking and Talking Fantasy Football with your hosts, Dustin Lunt and Jake Trowbridge. Good evening, everyone. Welcome back to DTFF. We are happy to be here. Uh, excited to talk everything with the NFL draft and everything that happened this last weekend. Christmas in late April, early May. I freaking love it. It's one of my happiest times of the year. I'm so glad I got to just hunker in and watch draft. Everything draft all weekend. Rookie drafts have started already for a couple of my dynasty leagues. Uh, actually, one is just about finished up already. We started right on Saturday night. Uh, it was great. Uh, so this is a great time of year for all of us Dynasty players. Uh, but before we get into it, got to say hi to Jake back in Madison and happy Ooh. to be here, I'm assuming. Woo! So happy to be here. I was in Dallas for the weekend. I did not get to be attentive to the live draft as it happened, so that was kind of a bummer. But from all of the uh, activity on Twitter, I'm surmising that this NFL draft was the closest thing to the movie draft day that we've had in quite some time. <laughs> For real. It, the amount of trades on Thursday, uh, the opening night of the draft was fucking bonkers, man. I was I kept uh, exclaiming and my wife would come up from the back room because she she understands my love of the of the draft so sure. she went she went to the back room and you know was watching uh her shows there and allowed me to have the tv in the main room uh which i love her for and i kept exclaiming and she'd come up and be like what i'm like this is just this is amazing I'm like there's wild. so much happening here it's, it's like, i feel like you <laughs> you could explain to her what kind of was happening there if you used an analogy to like the met gala uh, mm -hmm. which my wife happened to be watching last night, which is very much, you know, there's a lot of showmanship. There's a lot of surprise happenings. Oh, my God, they came out where did you see? Did you see what they were wearing? It's the same fucking thing, but it's just with NFL players getting traded. Yes, exactly. Oh, that was Thursday was a lot of fun. Um, I'm not going to lie. That was a lot of fun to watch, especially early when there's so much movement. It was it was great. But uh, we'll we'll get into some of those moves and, and everything here. Uh shortly before we do though let's let's do our normal housekeeping here jake yeah. what are we drinking oh listen to that crisp can open i'm drinking from delta beer lab a blueberry blonde ale oh i know that you're not so much with the fruity berry beverages sometimes i almost thought about giving you one of these but i think i have in the past and i don't know if you were a big fan so i decided not to tonight yeah, it's not my favorite. It's not that it's a bad beer. I mean, I don't think it's bad. It's just not my flavor. You know, you surmised that correctly. We've had that evening. Hi, Scampers. Thanks for joining us. Um, yeah, well, yeah, it's it's a fine beer. I'm glad you enjoy it. I'm I'm back to the well and drinking Tecate again. Uh, Tecate. Just deep into my Mexican lager summer here. So Mexican gonna... lager summer. I love it. It's the new hot boy summer. Mm -hmm. That's what you're going with this this whole season. It, it really is. I, I makes me happy. So that's I'm continuing with that. That's fantastic. Now mm -hmm. I am drinking more than just that tonight. It's my turn, Dustin. You've had the last couple of episodes to clear your beer bet ledger. I, I want an opportunity to clear mine because I have two left to go, and the one that I want to clear off of the slate tonight is our Evan Ingram versus Albert Okwegbanam. PPR points, minimum 10 games. I'm not going to recap this. It's it's embarrassing. I fell on two sides of the Evan Ingram argument for some reason <laughs> during this offseason, and, and this one did not pan out at all. Um, so let me say to you, with my lemon vodka shot here, Dustin Lunt, you are an amazing fantasy football prognosticator slash genius cheers sir thank you you know it never gets old hearing that ever and i'm sure you feel the same way like it's just there's never a time where it's it's bad hearing that but i freaking love it i love it i appreciate brooklyn 99 for bringing that type mm -hmm. of phrasing into our lives that's not the last we're going to hear from brooklyn 99 references tonight by the way dustin that's a 
even a teaser for you. I don't know if you know what's oh. coming, but uh, it's pretty special, I think. Now, we mentioned, since we're on the topic of Albert Okwegbenam, tight end for the Denver Broncos, I do want to call out a couple of news blips here ahead of uh, our drunk trade, ahead of our main event. So Adam Troutman was traded to the Denver Broncos. That's now three tight ends. If you want to consider all of them to be pseudo-valuable, it would be Greg Dulcich, Alberto, and now Adam Troutman. Adam Troutman is, it, I only bring it up because he's reuniting with Sean Payton, the guy who was there when he was mm-hmm. back. Maybe he really wants to utilize him. Maybe he's saying, I'm getting my gang back together. You know, Aaron Rodgers, you can have uh, Alan Lazard. You can have tackle Billy Turner, who just got sent to the Jets now. You can have your gang. I'm going to have mine over here. Do you put any stock into Adam Troutman at all, even as a flyer? Not really. Not unless there's an injury for one of the other tight ends or they get shipped off. I mean, I couldn't see Dulcich getting shipped off just because he did flash last year. So maybe it paves the way for Albert O to get traded now. But unless unless something like that happens, no, it's just it's bringing in a guy that, you know, Peyton knows he knows the system. So maybe it's more of a help the other teammates type thing. I I don't know. Maybe it's just a depth piece. I, I It doesn't do anything for me one way or the other. Yeah, I don't know that it even necessarily muddies the waters that much. No, I guess I'm still in on Greg Dulcich. I've been drafting him everywhere in best ball. I'm going to continue to do so. Maybe this drags down his value a teensy tiny bit in Dynasty and I can make another trade for him. That would be swell. A second bit of news, more important news. And uh, we'll talk about some of the implications of this in our main event kind of breakdown here. But DeAndre Swift, your guy, Mm -hmm. DeAndre Swift was traded to the Philadelphia Eagles during the course of the draft. One of many crazy trades. I want to defer to you for this one. So when he was with the Lions, I know we were very split on him and what his value could be. It's been that way, Mm -hmm. I think, for the last three years. We've been on different sides of the argument. Are you more inclined to be drafting him now that he's an Eagle or less? Um, That's tough. I I think, well, I mean, it's definitely a better situation with the Eagles now, uh, just with, you know, drafting Jameer Gibbs uh, with the 12th overall pick. Uh, so obviously the, the writing was kind of on the wall. So I'm glad they pulled the trigger um, with that. But I mean, we saw what Miles Sanders did in that offense last year. Miles Sanders stayed relatively healthy. I can't imagine that they're going to be, you know, using Swift as a bell cow back. He's just, I don't think he is that player as much as we all hoped he would be coming out of college. Uh, he's going to have a similar season, I think, like Miles Sanders had. Maybe a little bit higher ceiling, possibly, if he stays healthy. But, I mean, you're looking at a high-end RB2 out of him, I think. Here's what's difficult for me. I- I'm I'm wanting to agree with you here because the offense itself is one of the best offenses in the NFL. Mm-hmm. So scoring opportunities should be there a lot more for him. Hopefully he doesn't have to worry about quite as many vulture situations, although Rashad Penny is on the team and people were excited for Rashad Penny prior to this trade as well. So that's, I don't know, two guys now who are really not known for their mm-hmm. health on right. the same team. Will he have the same targets, though? That's where he made his bread and butter. Right, in right. PPR with all those dump offs. Jalen Hurts doesn't necessarily do that as much. So I think he's going to have to even it out with the scoring. I think he can. I'm just, I'm still very tepid on DeAndre Swift because that is my brand at this point. So I'm still taming my expectations. Yeah, so am I. And I actually uh, traded uh, one of my shares of DeAndre Swift from one of my teams uh, over the draft weekend here. Uh, I'll pull it up here real quick. And I'll let you know what, you know, you can give me what you think here. So I traded away DeAndre Swift, Jamison Williams, and the 313. This is a 14-team lead. So end of the third round. And I got the 23-113, which I didn't realize it right away, but ironically, that was my original pick that I traded like two years ago. Uh, (laughs) Got that pick back. 
And then I got um, the 209 in this year's draft and then a 24 first. So two firsts and a second. How do you feel about that? I, I'm, I'm surprised for you at what you did based on your, your love of DeAndre Swift. That, that looks and sounds like a trade that I would make with DeAndre Swift involved mm-hmm. because of how I perceive his value. So I was a little, I was a little uh, shocked about it because the 2024 first and that 209, I would say that those two pieces are close-ish to the value of DeAndre Swift and Jamison Williams for me right now. I think Jamison Williams is basically, as I said, a late round first value. Mm-hmm. Uh, I said that a couple of weeks ago. DeAndre Swift, I think, is similar. So I don't know. I, I don't think it's bad. I don't think it's bad. <laughs> I think it's just curious um, for you to have yeah. made the trade as well. Well, I'll, I'll be honest. I've pretty much decided at this point I am going to blow this team up and do a rebuild. So I'm I'm trying to get ahead for 24 first. And I okay. want to, and I want to tank for Caleb Williams, get the 101, uh, quarterback stud. Uh, he's supposed to be the next coming here. Uh, sure. are already like the, the consensus 101 in next year's rookie draft. So I'm already mm-hmm. starting to make some moves and I want to try to get as many 24 picks as I can. Uh, and I'm just, I've been middling in this team, uh, for a number of years. And it's the I'm worst just, place to be. Yeah. And I just, I want to do something different. So I'm like, screw it. Let's blow it up. Uh, so I'm slowly starting when this offer came up. Well, actually, the 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 other GM messaged me like on Thursday night, like after the Swift trade. He's like, yeah. thoughts on trading for trading Swift. I'm like, I did just let it marinate for a couple of days. I was like, I don't want to overreact or no, this this was before Swift was traded. But after oh. Gibbs was drafted. Ah, see, that and makes I, so, a lot so, more sense. So, and the I think, I think makes yeah, sense. I think he was trying to to get me to panic sell yeah. uh, for low. Uh, and then after the trade was made, I was like, OK, he's got an actual path for fantasy production now. Yeah. So I That's think I can get some fair value for him. Um, so that that was the kind of the, the reasoning behind my trade there. Yeah. If we're looking at it from my perspective, I think it's a good trade. If I, I was just trying to put myself mm-hmm. in your headspace and how right. you value those two players, and that's why I came out on the on the different side of it. But for me, I think that that's a good trade. I yeah, still I thought trade. so too. So I'm I'm into it. Yeah, um, and we, we went Dave back in the chat, forth. by the way. Hello to you, sir. Just hey, Dave. Welcome to the show. But yeah, you feel good about it, though. I do. I do. That's what's I, important. I, yeah, I, I feel like I got um, good value uh, out of that, so I'm happy. I think the only reason I'm even a little bit more tempered on that trade is because I'm looking at our drunk trade for this week, and it's just hard to beat. So what do you say we uh, move along into that? Let's do it. Drunk, 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 trade of the week. This one is pretty clear cut here. I gotta say, Dustin, we have... From Reddit user Universal Contrarian says, I got Sky Moore for the 304 rookie pick. Dude was having a fire sale for picks, and Moore rounds out my bench nicely. Now, I shouldn't presume your thoughts on this, but what do you think about uh, Sky Moore in exchange for the 304? Yeah, all day long. I like that. I mean, that's, it's, it's pretty much a no brainer. Yeah. <laughs> For me, uh, he's presumably the number two option in that offense. If you're counting Kelsey as the number one uh, receiving option on the team, of course, uh, between him, between Moore and Kadarius Tony, I mean they're kind of up for grabs for the number two receiving role there. So, uh, sky's the limit, pun intended. Uh, wow, <laughs> I well know. Done. So, yeah, no, I like that for the 304. I mean, that's such a dart throw anyway. I would have given up a mid-second, I think, for Skymore pretty easily uh, and found that a fair deal. Yeah, universal contrarian. Just what a what a braggart. What an absolute mm-hmm. brag of a drunk trade. Would you go to, to brag college, to major in bragging at SUNY Bragham University? Man, this is ridiculous. Well, I actually this went is back. from Reddit, so... <laughs> <laughs> I went back and checked in a couple of my leagues to see what Sky Moore went for last season. And then actually in both the leagues I checked, it was the 109 rookie pick. 
I understand that he had an underwhelming rookie mm-hmm. season. I totally get it. But for the 304 in this particular draft class, we're going to talk yeah. about this later. I think that that's an amazing value. So, yeah, that's a, a slam mm-hmm. dunk there. Way to go, Universal Contrarian. Way to go. Yes. Congratulations, sir. Or madam. Indeed. Okay. All right. What do you say? Let's we get, get into, into it. Meat. Yeah, let's get into it. So we'll just kind of go. What do you think, Jake? We'll, we'll start with the first round, maybe the first two rounds uh, kind of list. And then from there, we can kind of pick and choose from the third round on what players we want to talk about. We won't go through this all exhaustive of every single fantasy player that was drafted because that would just be a lot. Yes. Um, As I was feeling off the show sheet, I'm like, I feel like there's a lot of fantasy, not relevant, but fantasy players in this year's draft. Fantasy adjacent guys. Yeah. And it's just like, man, I don't remember last year doing this and there being this many you know, position players. So I don't know. Yeah. More of an aside. So anyway, round one, let's just, I'll, I'll just name off the players here going in round one. So we had Bryce Young quarterback going to Carolina. Then we had CJ Stroud quarterback going to Houston, Anthony Richardson quarterback going to Indianapolis and then Bijan Robinson running back going to Atlanta. Jameer Gibbs, as I mentioned, 12th overall running back going to Detroit, Jackson Smith in Jigba for Wide receiver going to Seattle. Quinton Johnston, wide receiver going to the Chargers. Zay Flowers, wide receiver going to Baltimore. Jordan Addison, wide receiver going to Minnesota. Good call, Jake. And Dalton Kincaid, tight end, going to Buffalo. So who would you like to start talking about here out of this first round? Well, I do want to hit on the quarterbacks. I think that it's really important. That's that's the group that got the most draft capital here in the first round. And for Superflex fantasy players especially it is really important for these these three guys here in one quarterback redraft leagues i don't know that you need to pay attention to any of these guys honestly but in uh dynasty league certainly you do so bryce young going off the board there was a lot of talk about all the different teams and all the strategies and the smoke screens that were being employed of which quarterback does carolina actually want which quarterback does houston actually want Oh, are they going to pass on quarterback altogether? They're content with Davis Mills. There's a lot of that kind of crap going around, as there is every year in the draft. Um, But Bryce Young to Carolina for instant starting success, he's the guy. So Mm -hmm. if you wanted to take a shot on one of these guys for redraft, he would be your guy. I'm probably not going to be doing that unless he's like my second or third quarterback, if you're into that kind of draft strategy. Mm -hmm. So Bryce Young to Carolina, though, Does he have a ton of weapons? No, not right now. He has enough for you to be able to gauge his value this year in Mm -hmm. earnest. You know, he has Adam Thielen. He has DJ Chark. He has Hayden Hurst. And he has a decent crew of running backs, including Miles Sanders there. So he's all right. He's set up for success. And they they drafted a wide receiver in the second round, Jonathan Mingo. So that's that's true. The Mingster that we talked about uh, last week, in mm-hmm. fact, I think it was. Um, we'll talk about him in just a little bit. But yeah, it's it's a fine group. But I think for upside, like he's the immediate ready plug in and hope for middle ground kind of fantasy player. Mm-hmm. But the upside guy, in my opinion, is Anthony Richardson, who got a great draft spot. Mm-hmm. So... Richardson is the guy for all of the intangibles, all of the athleticism, all of just like as a raw prospect, everybody's saying he has the best upside and there's not many landing spots. I think that were better for that, Dustin. Would you say Mm -hmm. that there was any place that you were hoping he was going to go that wasn't the Colts? Um, I think that was probably the best spot for him. I mean, they are the most win now ready team. Uh, they got a solid defense, great running back, uh, fairly solid offensive line. They've got, you know, a couple of wide receivers. You know, we got Pittman um, and then um, Pierce. Alec Pierce, you know, so he's got pieces around him to show that success right away. Where with Houston and Carolina, as you said, like the, there's some pieces there, but it, they're not win kind of win now ready teams. Sure. So. I think Richardson is in the best, ended up in the best landing spot. 
Um, and, and I've seen that already. There's been a lot of talk how Richardson's basically the one, the second pick off the board now after Bijan, uh, where he was going as that third quarterback off the board at the 104. So, yeah. and that just happened in my draft. Uh, I think both my drafts uh, that I had where Richardson went number two off the board. So uh, everyone seems to think it's an ideal landing spot for him as well. Yeah, he was 102 in my Superflex rookie draft as well, the one that uh, has started already. So it's consensus, and I understand exactly why. Mm -hmm. Um, CJ Stroud, I think, is going to be just fine. Mm -hmm. Don't get me wrong. Uh, I really do. I think that Houston hopefully starts to get their stuff together. He's not somebody I'm interested in or curious about for this year. Mm -hmm. I'll be honest. I'm not going to touch him at all this year or, or worry about that. Going forward long term, yeah, I think they could, although Houston's drafting and trading strategies Ugh. are a little bit curious. So I don't know how much I should bank on them getting him viable weapons and long-term success. But, mm -hmm. you know, from fantasy, which is all we're really caring about, I think he'll be just fine. Let's talk about Bijan, though. Let's talk about the consensus 101. We don't have to spend too much time about it. But Atlanta, everybody pegged him to go to the Falcons. They had the yep. biggest need. Arthur Smith loves his damn running backs. He mm -hmm. got one here. How many running backs would you be taking over Bijan Robinson in your redraft leagues coming up here in the fall? Is there a firm number? Where does he fit in that for you? Maybe three. I mean, let's, it's let's it's it's, it's it's Saquon, CMC, yeah. JT. JT for sure above him. That's I th I think so. I think yeah. JT is going to rebound. People are going to sleep on him. I hope he falls in drafts like uh, CMC did here in, in redraft uh, coming up because yeah. I will take him like late that. in the draft all day long. Uh, I think yeah. he's going to rebound nicely. So, yeah, I would say JT's three and then maybe Bijan right after that. Okay. I don't I don't hate that at all. Depending on what happens with Austin Eckler, with mm -hmm. the trade thing, that's the only True. thing that I'm hesitant about. If if he's good, if he's locked in for one more year there, I think mm -hmm. I will still have him above Bijan. That's just fair. Because the offense is easier to trust yeah. for me. Falcons well, we've seen still, him do it. Yeah, yeah. Falcons, Absolutely. you still never know exactly what mm -hmm. you're going to get with that offense. It should be completely fine. We saw Tyler Algier rush for more than a thousand yards last season. Yeah, no disrespect. And Quarter Algier. Al Patterson the year before, yeah. you know, had that yeah. breakout year. So I mean. It it should be good, and it seems like the Falcons are really building to be competitive right yeah. now, uh, at least in the NFC South. You know, <laughs> not that that's saying a lot, but I mean, it, it seems like they're making moves uh, to try to to not win now, but just really have a big improvement rather than this kind of slow rebuilding process. Yeah, I I agree. I might actually put Josh Jacobs neck and neck with him. I think he'll be a coin flip mm -hmm. as long as everything's fine with the contract because I think he'll get run into the ground again. And we've seen him produce consistently at that high level, but it's going to be a coin flip for me. Either way, we don't need to waste too much more time mm -hmm. on Keyshawn because he's great. Is exactly. there any of these wide receivers? We talked about Gibbs a little bit. If you want to explore mm -hmm. that, let's talk no. about it. But I'm curious about this wide receiver run that happened at the end of the draft. Mm -hmm. So four guys in a row, Jackson Smith and Jigba, Quentin Johnson, Jay, Zay Flowers, Jordan Addison. Out of that group, who sticks out to you as the most like immediate impact guy versus dynasty guy? All right. So just just one one small thing about Gibbs here before we start talking. Uh, I would expect him to be the pass catching back in that offense this year with Montgomery being the kind of between the 20s ground and pound type of guy. So temper your expectations for at least this year. Uh, unless Montgomery gets hurt, but I, I mean, I wouldn't be taking him in redraft super high, uh, only because that's going to be a shared backfield. That's the only thing I wanted to say about that. Uh, yeah. for these wide receivers, uh, JSN, um, he is more of a, a long-term play here. If you're going to be drafting him, I would not draft him in redraft this year, super high, um, only because they still have DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. Um, I think with Tyler Lockett's contract, I heard someone say that, after this year, they can uh, cut him for a relatively small cap hit, which then next year for Dynasty, that's when JSN is really going to take off. Um, so so this year, definitely temper your expectations. 
but moving forward, um, I think he he'll be the guy. I like that. I, I do actually wonder with Tyler Lockett if his value has been hurt a little bit more for best ball and that type of thing because he was going so great. I love taking him because he's always been a boom bust guy, but he's always mm-hmm. reliably posted massive top ten weeks. You know, mm-hmm. at least at least five to six weeks minimum. I don't know if that really affects him. I don't know the slot options like how many snaps JSN will actually get I guess remains to be seen how often he'll get on the field to your point um safe flowers though going to Baltimore if we if we project the Ravens offense to be the same old Ravens offense of funneling through Mark Andrews and then whichever wide receiver Lamar Jackson is targeting which we didn't talk about Lamar Jackson did get his massive contract we're good there. No issues. Lamar will be the guy going forward. If we project that to be the same old offense, this is real bad for Zay mm-hmm. Flowers. It, I don't know not, that I do. It's it's not going to be, um, and here's why. Uh, they have a new offensive coordinator, uh, Greg Roman, out the door. They got Todd Munkin, who is who passes more than than what uh, Greg Roman did. So low bar, I, but yeah, yeah, I, it, true. But so I do think you're going to see a. a slightly different offense this year i think it's gonna they're gonna go a little bit more pass heavy and they're never gonna be like the chiefs or buffalo where they're you know passing 50 times a game but i do think you're gonna see an uptick i think them locking up lamar in that way with that large contract shows that as well that they're gonna utilize him so yeah i i think it's it's a good sign although the ravens haven't had great luck over the past few years drafting wide receivers in the first round you know we had hollywood brown fizzled in baltimore uh uh bateman here he's was injured so it's just yeah. i i andrews he's the safe one i will take him the rest of the wide receivers i will just take it as a wait and see game and if i have to trade for one and pay a premium because they pop then so be it yeah i just so don't it's... trust it quite yet Odell Beckham into the mix. Oh, yeah. OBJ we'll as well. Forgot about left. him. Yeah, we'll see what he has left in the tank. Uh, apparently, Antonio Brown wants to come back and play for the Ravens. He posted mm-hmm. on Twitter. That's that's rumor mill stuff. That's not legit as of right now, at least. Yeah, I think that it's really tough to project. But I do have a sense that people are putting flowers down in their rookie draft boards because they're projecting the same old Baltimore offense. And I'm with you. I don't think it's like that at all. I think it's much improved. Uh, Mm -hmm. Quentin Johnston, interesting, Uh, not really invested in this year at all because Keenan Allen and Mike Williams are going Mm -hmm. to be fantastic until Mike Williams gets hurt, in which Mm -hmm. case we'll get to see what Quentin Johnston is actually made of there. That's good. I mean, I wonder, um, and I was having a conversation with someone on Twitter about this, I forget, but I wonder with, or no, it's one of my my league chats. Um, I wonder if maybe, because Allen is getting a little bit older in football years. What what if they move Allen like to the slot and, and have him be more of a slot guy and then have Mike Williams and Quentin Johnston on the outside? I, think I don't know. That Question. Fine. I feel like we've seen a lot of Keenan Allen in the slot already. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they would make him just permanently that guy. That feels like you're still taking away a lot of still such an incredible route runner mm-hmm. in so many ways that it feels like you're stripping your team a little bit by doing that for a rookie who could still be fantastic. So they might do that, but it's just, it would be a bummer for me to only see him in the slot because he's so right. good everywhere, but you might be onto that. And if that's the case, then yeah, we would see uh, potentially a, a whole ton of Johnson. I still don't know that he would get enough targets to make me go, Oh, mm-hmm. I'm in on him this year. Like you said, until Williams gets injured, because inevitably he yeah. will. <laughs> yeah. I'm not saying he's like, injury prone, but I he he will at some point get dinged up this year. <laughs> but it is a guarantee, baby. Mm-hmm. Um, Jordan Addison to Minnesota. Yes, I did want somebody to be drafted there to take that step over for Thielen and whoever that was going to be. I was going to be interested in them, even if it was mm-hmm. Jonathan Mingo. I had said if Jonathan Mingo went there, I'd be super interested in him as it is. I think Addison, for me, out of this group, is the one who I'll be targeting in redraft. 
I'll mm-hmm. be going after him pretty pretty heavily. Mm-hmm. And I also think long term viability is going to be magnificent there. Yeah. What do you think? I I agree. As long as they have a competent quarterback, you know whether that's Kirk Cousins mm-hmm. or they bring in someone else. But yeah, with Justin Jefferson on the opposite side, I mean, we saw Adam Thielen put up numbers for years uh, opposite a stud wide receiver. And Justin Jefferson, he's number one stud. So, uh, yeah, I mean, there's definitely room to feast uh, for both those options in that offense. So I I do like that landing spot. And I do think he's going to be a great target for redraft. Yeah, I I hate I hate it because, you know, Minnesota, I hate the Minnesota of it all. Um, but I, I love the opportunity mm. for fantasy. Dalton Kincaid, people are excited because he's a first-round draft pick as a tight yeah. end. He went to Buffalo. That's one of my least preferred landing right. spots. I don't, I don't understand the appeal of Kincaid outside yeah. of his profile. But for tight ends, I think that matters a little bit less. What do you think? I, I think he's a good prospect. I just, yeah, I don't like the landing spot. I know everyone's all great. Oh, I mean. Look at what Dawson Knox did, you know, a couple years ago. And it's like, well, why not just keep rolling with Dawson Knox then? Like, he's a perfectly <laughs> fine tight end. I mean, you've got Stefan Diggs, and then you've got Josh Allen that's going to run the ball a ton. Is there room for uh, another guy that's going to produce, you know, fantasy? It's going to be re- reliable fantasy producer on that offense because you know when it gets down towards that red zone it's going to be the josh allen show he's going to continue to run the ball or they're going to throw it up the digs i can't imagine that kincaid's going to get all this end zone work and you know score 15 touchdowns to be fair that's where we got the value from dawson knox is that one season one season but it was just one season on of touchdowns but it's super unreliable to your point it's not that he targeted him so heavily in that. I feel like it was more of the luck of the draw in that right. situation. It was a Robert yeah. Tanyan situation. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, it, it was just yeah, one of those comparable. seasons that it yeah. was, you know, he just got targeted in the red zone and happened to catch a lot of touchdowns yeah. that year. He did. I don't know that that will be a thing here for Kincaid. Is he going to be good for their offense, like for real NFL? Yeah, absolutely. Like he, he's a, you know, very good prospect, but to, think he's going to be super fantasy relevant i just i don't see it unless something drastically changes with their offense and it won't i don't i don't because why would it why would they mm-hmm. need to they don't need to they, they are perpetually in the hunt every single year for playoff uh for super bowl potential so they don't need to change that so i'm mm-hmm. i'm gonna be out on dalton kincaid that's just how it is um, yep. Don't take my word for it, though, because I suck at evaluating tight ends. <laughs> but let's move on in the second round. We don't have to go through the whole list no. of second round picks. But let's talk about Jonathan Mingo real quick. You brought him up previously mm-hmm. in last week's episode, in the mailbag episode. Somebody had asked, you know, what landing spot would Jonathan Mingo have to go to for you to want to leave your drafts with him or need to leave your drafts with him? I'd said Vikings was my preferred spot secondarily and a distant second is the Carolina Panthers. He ended up in Carolina, so I'm I'm interested. I'm interested. He's a big-bodied guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's, he's not the smoothest gentleman necessarily, nor do I think he needs to be. So we talked about who's there, and it's not like a who's who of elite superstars right now for competition. It's Adam Thielen, it's DJ Chark, it's Hayden Hurst. Um, that's easy for a guy to eventually beat out. Mm -hmm. I've heard that it's still a matter of how fast he's going to adapt. And I don't know if it's going to be a first year thing. What are Mm -hmm. your thoughts? Yeah, it's hard to say. Uh, He's definitely going to get every opportunity to get on the field right away. uh, Even with those two veterans there and, you know, Bryce young, he's an accurate quarterback. You know, he, 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 look look at the wide receivers he played with, you know, in college over the years. So, I mean, he he, he knows how to get the ball to his wide receivers. So uh, that's nice that they can kind of grow in this offense together. So it gives me some hope. But, yeah, at least for year one here, I'm not expecting anything too crazy out of him. Yeah, but I am interested in, um, you know, his size, his athleticism. He, he was 
he was valued this high for a reason, so I'll be tracking him a lot. Mm-hmm. He's going to be somebody I'll take in a lot of my rookie draft picks because I don't think he's going to go supremely high in those. Probably going to be a mid-second round guy in those rookie draft picks as well. Anybody else in the second round? I mean, we can avoid our homerism for only so long, but outside of the Packers picks here, anybody that you really want to uh, hit on here? I think it's the Will Levis uh, going early in the second round. I know people were making a big deal how he fell out of the first, but I mean, the 33rd pick, I mean, that's what the second pick in the the second round. So I don't, I mean, he got really good draft capital. I know it's not round one, but it's still really good. Obviously they don't believe that Malik Willis is the guy. Uh, We were all very high on going into the draft last year. Uh, so, I mean, if he has a year here to play underneath Tannehill and maybe learn a little bit, uh, I think that's going to be a good thing for him. Um, so that, that's a guy that maybe after this year, you might be able to, uh, in dynasty, at least, uh, maybe get at a bit of a discount if he doesn't play at all. But, um, I think it's an interesting fit and, um, it'll just be interesting to see how that progresses. So I'm, I'm not scared off by that draft capital though. Uh, I know a lot of people were making a big deal out of it. Yeah, it's basically first round. It's Lamar. Mm-hmm. Be clear. I'm not comparing the talent of these two players. Right. But Lamar Jackson was drafted at the very end of the first round in his draft. Mm-hmm. Class. And people had very similar concerns because why did he fall so far? And now he's backing up Joe Flacco. It's ridiculous stuff to think about now. But people were making those assumptions back then could very well be a similar situation. I actually still think Tannehill could get traded this offseason yet. Mm-hmm. Like, they're still not done trying to rebuild that offense. And if Derrick Henry goes, which they're still trying to push that, he might get traded. I could mm-hmm. see Tannehill getting traded, and we get Levis this year. So right. I think he's going to be a good value and somebody that you should be trying to get on your roster at this current discount that he has. So I do love that. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about this guy. Just because I got to add a a drop for this episode, specifically for him. And I really hope he does a lot this year so that I can continue to use it. But I want to talk about Zach Charbonnet going over to the Seattle Seahawks. Um, It's interesting that Pete Carroll basically said, Bring me a Charbonnet. Bring me a Charbonnet. I just want to play that off for eternity from one of my favorite shows, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. But Zach Charbonnet going to the Seattle Seahawks, walking off the ledge. It's it's just the coach being obsessed with the position at this point, right? That's why this happened. You have Kenneth Walker already there. Why? They they love to draft their running backs. Uh, I mean, you've seen it year after year. They 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 spend high draft capital on a running back. Uh, yeah. So I don't know. I mean, it's. I mean, if if this allows you to get a deal on Kenneth Walker because the owner or the manager is scared about his usage, go do it. I mean, Kenneth Walker was a beast last year. I don't see that changing. Um, maybe it eats into workload a little bit, but I mean, I just. I don't know. I, I just don't see it. Um, and I don't know why that front office uh, drafted him. Um, eating his pancakes, I guess. I, I don't know. I don't know, man. It's just weird. It's a weird situation. It is. Yeah, I'm still in on Kenneth Walker very much. It, it is just a little frustrating. This could be a Rashad Penny, Chris Carson type mm-hmm. of debacle, I guess. But that only proved to be a debacle because of injury which is the unfortunate part about all of this. Mm -hmm. We'll see with Kenneth Walker about that, I suppose, Um, because they don't have loyalty to one guy. If somebody gets injured and somebody else steps in and that guy is fantastic, that guy gets to carry the job henceforth. So that's the one concern there. Let's talk Packers, man. Let's just do it. We've waited a long time. We've done well. Almost 40 minutes into the show here. I mean, come on. First reference. First reference. We deserve a, a medal for that. Of course, you, like I, I know, we have our group chat (laughs) with the other guys (laughs) that we were so pissed that we passed on Jackson Smith and Jigba when he was there, pick 13 overall. 
We went for the defensive guy, Lucas Van Ness. We waited until the second round with the hopes that they would draft some pass catchers, and they did. They took two. Finally. So they took Luke Musgraves, Musgrave, tight end, pick 42. Traded back then a couple of times, which made me nervous mm-hmm. after, after the fact. Um, and ultimately took Jaden Reed, who seemed to me actually to be a bit of a reach, even with those couple of trade backs. So what I'm hearing and understanding about Jaden Reed, as I've deep dived into this now, just hoping to find glimmers of hopes here, is that he's like an all over the field kind of guy. So very mm-hmm. versatile, which obviously is going to be good for an offense that's relying on a bunch of rookies from last year, sophomore dudes. He could find a spot then in this offense, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I was just listening to um, JJ Zacharyson, the late round QB pod. Yes, I think it was on yesterday's show. Uh, and he is very high on Jalen Reed. Uh, and, he, and he graded out well in his prospect model. So that gives me hope uh, as yeah. well um, that someone much smarter than myself uh, likes that pick for the Packers. So, yeah, that makes me happy. Um, I thought it was interesting that the Packers decided to double down on tight ends, um, taking one in the third round as well. Um, I know they tried that a couple years ago, taking a couple tight ends, and it didn't work out. And I know they really need someone because we really don't have anyone at all for the tight end position. Uh, So it's going to be interesting to see how those two rookies in particular uh, get acclimated to the offense and which one kind of ends up stepping up and um, being a contributor, at least for real NFL football. Maybe not so much for um, fantasy. Uh, I know Jordan Love, we didn't talk about it, but he's getting an extension Mm -hmm. um, as well. So they're going to shore him up for the near term. Really just a fifth year option, I think, at this point, right, is what is what they're doing for now. That's what it sounds um, like, but yeah. see if it stretches out. Yeah, that is interesting. I, I think it makes a lot of sense to me doubling down for tight ends in this in this draft class because it was so deep and so mm-hmm. you know flush with talent, and it's a, a big position of need for Green Bay. Not sure if uh, Mercedes Lewis will be back or not. Lost Robert Tunyon, the the guy on the roster that was a somewhat tight end is Josiah DeGuara and he's not even legitimately a tight end. He's more mm-hmm. of a kind of fullback hybrid guy. So I do think it makes sense to bring both of those in uh, to your point with fantasy. I would follow the draft capital there. And I would say Musgrave, if you're going to go after somebody is who I would be going with by default. I think one of these guys can be fantasy relevant. I don't know that both can be. Mm, I agree. Well, personnel, but are they going to be able to, one of these guys is probably going to be a blocker, like Mercedes Lewis is, is mm-hmm. a blocker. So I think yep. it will be Tucker Craft, who was taken in the third round. Um, love to hear that about Jaden Reed, though, from JJ. Mm-hmm. I, will, I will believe that every every game. Anybody else in the second round you want to talk about or you want to move forward a little bit? Yeah, let's let's go into the third or fourth here. Um, you know, I think we can just start handpicking players here for the rest oh, of the yeah. show here. Um, I one player that I've been targeting in drafts, um, and I know you don't have it highlighted on the sheet here, but that's Tajay Spears. Mm-hmm. Um, you can get him late in your rookie drafts. Um, I think I got him in the third round in in one of my drafts, or um, late second. Um, yeah, late second. And you know, like you said, if Derrick Henry ends up getting traded. Instantly going to get put into that RB1 position. And even if not, I mean, I could see them maybe giving Derrick Henry a little bit of a break. You know, trying to keep his legs a little bit more rested. Um, Having him out on the field as that third down back maybe a a little bit more. So um, I do like him and I do like taking running backs, especially in, you know, your rookie drafts here for Dynasty. Um, Hammering the running back position. Uh, for players in this situation that have a path to a number one role fairly easily if something were to happen. Yeah, so, I'd love so that. He, he's one of my favorite targets right now in the, in the later drafts. I love that. I love it for both reasons. It's either you get somebody surprisingly or not so surprisingly this year who's a starter, or maybe you wait a year 
mm-hmm. is kind of my worst case scenario for him. So he's absolutely worth that draft capital to me. Uh, I think there's a bunch of interesting running backs that went in the third round. Kendra Miller going to the Saints. I don't. There's mm-hmm. a lot to work out with Alvin Kamara and what happens with his suspension. Of course, Jamal mm-hmm. Williams is there, but if it's Williams and Miller, I'm going to be drafting a ton of Miller. So you could get ahead of that thought process right now. Say I'm going to draft him in my rookie drafts because the situation with Alvin Kamara is very likely going to be bad. And mm-hmm. there's a world where he doesn't play this year either. So it's a similar situation to Spears. I think it's also interesting that Miami took a running back in round three after re-signing everybody that was on the roster uh-huh. last <laughs> season. All those guys are back. And now they brought in Devin Najane as well. I don't I don't know. I'm it not sounds going to like someone's going to get cut. You know, one of, one of those running backs that's already on the roster is probably going to either be yeah. traded uh, in training camp or just an outright cut come cut time uh, yeah. before the regular season. Cause there's no way they can keep, you know, eight running backs on the roster. They, they can't keep everybody on the roster, but it to me looks like one of those lower hanging fruit guy, like no offense, but Salvin Ahmed is probably going to be one mm-hmm. of the guys to be cut to make room for this guy, which still then creates this cluster at the top. With Jeff Wilson with Raheem Mostert with him. So yeah. I'm not, I'm not playing that game this year for redraft. Taking mm-hmm. stabs in a dynasty format and rookie, that's a different story. I'm happy to do that. He's the speedster. All Miami wants is speed. They have the need, and they went for it. So mm-hmm. I'm fine with that. At Tank Bigsby, I think, is unfortunate. We love nothing more than Jacksonville's, well, their whole squad. But, but again, he's one of those players that I will target later in the drafts because you mm-hmm. can get him later. Um, where he has that path. If ETN were to get injured, he would he would step right into that number one role. It's not going to be Dearness Johnson. I mean, let's be honest. So, really? I mean, and, and there there is no one else on the team. Um, so yeah. So again, he just just like um, with Tennessee, the same similar situation where you're going to get him it, probably in the late second, early third. Mm-hmm. And and he's a good dart throw to have on your team, and if and if he even if Etn doesn't get injured and he ends up carving himself a nice little role, if you get him in the third round, you can trade him for a second, and you're instantly uh, making money off that transaction. So uh, he's just another one of those good dart throws. And that's actually what I wanted to point out. I think he has more likely standalone value than the other guys that we talked about in that same situation. Mm-hmm. I think he's more likely to at least have a decent size role in the offense with or without the ETN injury. I don't think that they want to use ETN as a workhorse. I no. think it was a little bit of a midseason surprise to everybody because mm-hmm. James Robinson in that situation. Like, I don't think that that was the plan though. So I don't expect that to be the plan as much as I love mm-hmm. ETN um, for, for this. I want to yeah, talk I about agree. this guy. This, I, I don't know. I didn't get to see a lot of this live. Again, I was out in Dallas for a work thing, but Darnell Washington waiting until pick 93 was shocking. A, I thought that the Packers were definitely going to snatch him up uh, in the third round with him being there. Didn't happen. So many teams passed on him, I guess, because of medical concerns. He was the top two tight end and maybe not even two for some people in fantasy circles previously. Because his upside was the the best. Mm-hmm. It was either it was it was either he was nothing, he was only going to block, or he was everything, and he was going to be what right. Kyle Pitts was supposed to be. Is basically what I was hearing. Now he goes to Pittsburgh. They already have a really good tight end on the roster. Mm-hmm. They already have, unless you think that there is a tandem possibility here. I'm a little concerned. What do you think about Washington? I mean, if. If I mean I don't I can't say I know a lot about Washington, um, but if what you said is there is a lot of talk of how he could just be a blocker, um, maybe that's what they're bringing him in for to help shore up that offensive line on running downs and someone that will mainly be a blocker, but then maybe develops as time goes on his receiving skills and becomes a, a more rounded tight end, maybe. But I mean that's kind of what I'm thinking at this point for him. 
Okay. I know. Don't even, yeah, don't even bother then. If he's going to be the sixth offensive lineman, then then don't even bother. I, I'm hesitant about Fryermuth because of what the upside can be for Washington. So my takeaway is I'm not going to draft Washington, but it lowers Fryermuth for me a little bit Mm -hmm. um, in my rankings, which is unfortunate because I, I love me some Patty. Um, Who else do you want to talk about here? Excuse me. God, you're so Uh, uncouth sometimes. I know. I know. And, and, And I'm going to steal this again from JJ. I'm just going to give him the shout out because I thought this was an interesting um, analysis here. Uh, in the fourth round, Tyler Scott, wide receiver going to Chicago. Um, he did mention that um, Chase Claypool and Darnell Mooney are both on the last year of their contract. So there is an opportunity, again, late flyer on them in your drafts. Uh, might even be able to get him as a free agent pickup off the waiver wire after your draft is done. But someone just to kind of stash and hold um, that could be stepping into a better situation next year. I know in the fourth round, it's not like he's got great draft capital, but it's not yeah. terrible either. You know, so uh, I, I just wanted to shout that out uh, again. Um, listening to people that are smarter than me about uh, the rookies, um, <laughs> I I do um, again sticking with. Uh, Chicago here, the yeah. Roshan Johnson. Um, I do it. think yeah. that is an interesting pick as well. Because uh, that backfield, while it's not wide open, because um, they still got uh, yeah, Deonta Foreman and Yeah, so while it's not wide open, um, both I don't know if Herbert and um, Johnson are both like on a one-year contract, basically. Or mm-hmm. I, 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 well, no, uh, Herbert's what third, this is his third year in the league going into his third year. So he's probably got one more year on his rookie contract yet after this season. But uh, it's, it's interesting because um, Roshan has a lot of skill. I'm surprised he dropped that far, to be honest, in the draft. Yeah. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how that shakes out. Definitely someone that could end up taking control of that backfield. It wouldn't surprise me one bit. Yeah, I think everything that I've been reading is he's the most likely candidate to take over unsuspectingly. Maybe a bit of a Damian Pierce vibe mm-hmm. from uh, from last year. And I, I've never been sold on Herbert. That's why I said I was going to take Deontay Foreman in most of my drafts as the much later guy. This creates an interesting scenario, especially for a redraft situation. Uh, Roshan Johnson does have the highest elusiveness rating of any running back in this draft class. I mean, that's not nothing in this type Mm -hmm. of offense with him and Justin Fields. That could be pretty interesting if Mm -hmm. he does take over. I think in terms of upside in this draft class, he's probably, you know, the top three for running backs. So I would be snagging him absolutely. Um, One guy that does not have a ton of upside, but I do want to call out here, kind of an interesting name, Stetson Bennett, taken by the Rams in the fourth fourth mm-hmm. round a little bit more of a fall than some people projected matt stafford has a bunch of injury concerns that's very real mm-hmm. the rams whole team still seems pretty in flux to me it just seems like they can't commit either way like they don't really want to rebuild their coach doesn't really know what he wants to do though does he actually want to stick around with the team do they want to turn this thing over or not there is a world, I think, with the spinal cord injuries and concussions and all that with Stafford, where he doesn't play the full season or mm-hmm. even close to it, at which case, at which case, it's a guy. I'm not saying mm-hmm. he would be fantastic right. for fantasy, but his value shoots up on that day. Mm-hmm. In Superflex rookie leagues, he's going crazy late, crazy, mm-hmm. crazy late. I think he's completely worth a dart throw there just to mm-hmm. hold on to your roster. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and like we talked about with earlier, it's if he ends up starting for some reason, you can instantly trade him oh, yeah. for it for at least a second, at least mm-hmm. maybe a couple of seconds, depending on right. your league. So because right. because starting quarterbacks in super flex leagues are worth their weight in gold. So, yeah, as a late round dart throw, I really like that um, just for that 
possible return in value. Absolutely. One real quick guy. This is the last guy on my list, and it's all you, man. But I, I wanted to talk about Kayshawn Booty. It's just mm -hmm. fun to say that name, by the way. Ba -ba 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 Booty. Uh, in the sixth round taken by the Patriots. Why I think he's interesting is, one, he fell further than a lot of he people. He fell would. way further. Like, it, it's, I was reading that he was, you know, oh, end of day two guy for sure. And then it gets mm -hmm. to round six and, and he's there and he's taken by the Patriots. Why I think it's so interesting is because the Patriots don't give a shit about draft capital. If he turns mm -hmm. out to be what everybody else thought he would, was going to be, they'll play him without issues and he can take right. over the number two spot on that passing offense on the receiving depth chart. Like last year, the leading receiver for them was Jacoby Myers. He's an undrafted free agent. They don't care. Kendrick Bourne on their team was the number three guy, I think. Undrafted free agent. Like they don't care about that shit at all. Their lead running back was a fourth round pick. So I do think that if you're going to be talking about dart throws, he's a pretty big one there. And I'd be hesitant to leave my draft without him. Mm hmm. Yeah. And I, one guy I just want to touch on briefly here. Um, Dallas drafted a tight end in the second round, Luke Schumacher. Um, that gives me a little bit of pause because I was really um, going for Jake Ferguson uh, a lot this offseason. I, I really thought he was going to be like my kind of breakout tight end candidate for this season. That puts a little bit of a damper on it, uh, especially with the draft capital they, they used on, on him in the second. Uh uh, that's really it. I don't have a whole lot more, especially as we get in these later rounds. It's not like there's going to be a lot of fantasy relevant players. Uh, there's there's always those surprise guys that come out and, and you know do well, but yeah. um, but really that's it for me. Yeah, a couple of random names you can toss out there: Deuce Vaughn. You know, another guy in the Dallas backfield. Maybe he's the number two behind Pollard. Maybe. That's all I would expect. I mean, I don't see Pollard being a bell cow type back. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We saw what he did in a split uh, backfield last year. I feel like, yeah, Deuce Vaughn will kind of take that Zeke role. Maybe Pollard will get a little bit more usage, but I feel like it's going to be a, a pretty split backfield again. And uh, but if people Pollard. Uh, Managers should not be worried about it. One no, bit. God, not no. one bit. <laughs> Maybe Ronald Jones manager should. That's yeah. as far as I'll go with that. <laughs> or Malik Davis managers. But yeah, you're fine, Pollard people. Don't worry. Dwayne mm -hmm. McBride went to Minnesota. That's interesting. If and only if uh, Dalvin Cook actually gets traded, in which right. case, still Alexander Madison is the main guy. Now mm -hmm. he's just a backup. So I'm not really spending much on him, if anything. Just kind of yep. an interesting name to throw out there. Evan Hull, running back for the Colts. Similar type of deal. Maybe he's the newer Naeem Hines for that team. And you can use him as a flex play here and there. You know, mm -hmm. that's an interesting name. But this class, I think overall, this draft class was a little more underwhelming than people mm -hmm. talked about it being from a fantasy perspective, which I think is a good lesson for us because every year, every year, Next year's draft class is hyped yep. up like crazy, or maybe even the year after, you know, two years for that's the real draft class. You got to get picks saved up. For. Yeah. But even, even look back at last year, the 22 class, like that was supposed to be a down year. And right. you look at all the amazing wide receivers that came out of that class, you know? So it's, yeah, every year, I, I it really just balances out every year, you know. Uh -huh. I mean, yeah, you get the, you get those incredible classes. Like, was it the 2014 wide receiver class that has, sure. you know, like seven potential Hall of Famers <laughs> coming from it? Yeah, you know, right. or like the 2017 running back class, which was amazing. You know, yeah. there 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 are those more or less though. I I mean, it ends up being almost a wash. Yeah, every year, like it's just, I mean. Yeah, this one was a little bit down compared to what they said, but they're still amazing players. So it's, I mean, oh, yeah. and it's still a fairly deep class. I think people were just expecting, like, oh my God, I'm going to get first round talent in the middle of the second round or late into the second round. It's like, well, no, they're still second round talent guys, mm -hmm. but they're just very good. You know, it's just like, yeah, that, 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 that later tier of players is probably bigger than in. 
previous years. But I think everyone was just hyping up the class to be like, oh, my God, it's 30 first round graded players, you know, and it's going to be amazing. <laughs> right. It's like, well, that's just never going to be a thing. Like, that's And just... by the way, if that was your evaluation of this class coming into it of like, these guys are amazing. Like, it's so deep. It's such a great talent pool. You shouldn't be that scared off by their lack of draft capital, then, mm-hmm. right? The NFL, you don't think that the NFL maybe thinks the same and just said, we don't have to take somebody in the second round because there's so much talent. We can right. wait until the fourth, fifth round. You right. should be waiting that in if that's your process for it. So I think it's interesting. I'm not a guru on that, obviously, but I do think, uh, yeah, people overplay their hand every single mm-hmm. year, one way or the other with it. So, yeah. Just stay chill. Just stay in the middle ground where we like to live. That's right. That's right. Well, I think that is a good place to end this, Jake. I think we covered the rookies fairly well. As always, folks, five stars. Subscribe to us. All that good stuff. And until next week, keep drinking and talking fantasy football. Cheers, FFers. Shut, shut, shut.